Hi, we're Katie, Jessica, and Shannon, and this is Boy Problems Podcast, a community focused on supporting families navigating substance use disorder. We hope sharing our stories, introducing you to experts, and answering all the questions you have no one else to ask will help you better navigate your story. Through our partners' recoveries, we found each other and formed our own squad, one we know is so valuable to how we manage this disease in our relationships. So we started bringing a microphone to our hangouts to extend our conversations to others just like us. When you're here, you're not alone. If you're listening, you probably know we met at a family support group and our bonds have grown stronger through sharing our stories and supporting each other. When we think about the thing that's helped us most, it's that. So we'd like to extend that community to you. If you're feeling like no one understands what you're dealing with or you're looking for a community of like-minded individuals, consider joining us for our virtual support group. For details, visit recovering2.com. We know what you're going through, and we're here to help. We're recovering, too. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Boy Problems Podcast. Today, uh, we're doing a little bit of something different. And Shannon and I, we are going to interview Jessica. Just to get more of our story, I think our stories are scattered through our 70-plus episodes. And so we thought it would be helpful to uh, do one episode per person. And so Jessica's lucky winner, number one, Jessica, welcome to the podcast. (laughs) Thanks. Uh, Okay. So Jessica, how did you meet your husband, Casey? And when did you find out he was an addict? I won't talk like this the whole time. Okay. Thank you. (laughs) Um, All right. So how did I meet Casey? Uh, Well, we actually went to high school together. And so that's how I knew him. And then he was a year older than me and graduated, went to Iraq, was in the military for a while. And then, I don't know, it was probably three, four years later, we had like similar group of friends just because we went to the same school and ended up at the same, like, well, ended up at my house for New Year's. And um, yeah, I don't know. It was just, we hung out um, that New Year's Eve and never really separated after that um but yeah so we we had we had already known each other for a long time and how did I find out he was an addict he told me on the first night and I don't know why um but yeah he he told me he had he was in a, a treatment program that he had started really really recently at the VA and um yeah, he was just, I didn't really know what it meant, you know, like, I didn't ask him follow-up questions, I wasn't, like, like, I didn't know what to even think of it, you know, just, like, at the time, I was, like, oh, like, he's really honest, not, but. (laughs) And how old were you guys, like, what age is this of you? Um, I was 23, and he was 24, and we were married within, like, 18 months of that, yeah. Okay. So, well, let's, let's jump to your marriage. So, uh, wasn't there Wait. like a, oh, okay. go ahead. I was going to say, we have to like, not straight to the marriage. We need to go to like the whole like engagement <laughs> process. So like mm-hmm. you met on new year's Eve, right off the bat, he tells you he's an addict shares mm-hmm. that he's, 
you know, in treatment at the VA, you know, minimally what all this means. So like, where do things progress from there? And if I recall, you guys got like engaged pretty quickly, but then some like a series of events. Yeah, no, it's a great question. Okay, so we meet, we instantly are like in love, whatever, I don't know. We're like dating, right? And um, we lived in different cities. So he lived about an hour south of where I lived. And um, he was at, like, he was going to school in a different town and I was going to school in Indianapolis. And um, our, it's like, looking back, I realize now like <clears throat> some of the signs that I just didn't know at the time, but like there would be days where he wouldn't, like, I wouldn't hear from him until, like, two or three, like, he had just stayed up all night, and then, like, slept all day, and, like, he didn't keep, like, a regular schedule, and, like, he abruptly quit his job, I mean, it was at Walmart, granted, like, it was just, like, a college job, he mixed paint at Walmart, and uh, he just quit one day, and then, um, so this is, like, behavior that's not normal, you know, it's, like, people don't just, like, sleep until two or three, accidentally miss all of their classes and quit their job. I mean, there was a lot of signs. Um, But for me, it was like, I don't know. He just didn't really know how to like do stuff. He's just out of the military. His life had always been pretty structured and now he's like left to his own devices and he doesn't know what to do. It's kind of like what I thought. I'm sure it's a combination of both things. Um, But yeah, so looking back, there's some signs, but, you know, we were really hitting it off, and it was probably four months into our relationship, we moved in together, and that's when, you know, it, like, becomes obvious, I think, some of the things, and yes, we we lived together, and I would notice, like, just erratic moods, you know, and it's like, I didn't really know why he was having them, and he may not even have been using at the time, but it just, like, his underlying like dual diagnosis stuff was coming through like um it just he wasn't like a stable person (laughs) and I just didn't know like at the time it was like well what did I do you know like like we just moved in together (laughs) he's like depressed all the time like is it me you know I just didn't know I was also very young um so that that happened and Then a big event happened. So he, one of the people he went to the military with um, died suddenly. And um, it was a it was a tough time. And then at the same time, through like through that, or either just like right before that, coincidentally, he ran into someone else that he had been deployed with who was actively using drugs and they like reconnected and started using like and then at the death of this person they started using together and I didn't know that but that was like a big thing that happened and so that kind of spurred like the first like using that I had been a part but like witnessed and like experienced I didn't really know though that that was happening you know I I know after the fact but that was going on so we're like five, six months into this. And it probably didn't last very long because it wasn't, that's just his pattern. Like he doesn't use all of the time. And so probably felt like Rocky to me. And then all of a sudden it's fine. And I'm like, oh, great. It's just like a great time. Like, I don't know. Um, 
so yeah, so then it escalates a bit around this time. So this is about four or five months in. We get engaged like a month later. So six months into our relationship. And we didn't really know each other, obviously. And uh, neither of us came from like homes with like a good example of a marriage. So we decided to go to couples counseling and just kind of figure out <clears throat> some stuff. We had no idea why we were going. We were just like, we probably should. Like, we don't know anything about what we're doing. And we know know anyone with a successful marriage. So let's just go see what this is about. And um, that was also another triggering thing. Like he was using going to counseling. I didn't know. Um, and it really all came to a head when we were supposed to meet up after work and go to couples counseling but he just never showed up and he wasn't answering his phone and I couldn't I didn't know where he was I had no, no idea this is like the very beginning of all of this and I'm like worried I don't I assume that it's drugs because that's like the only logical explanation but I didn't know anything about it at this time he finally shows up really high at home and <clears throat> it's like this moment that I remember like we still had counseling and I called her and I was like, Hey, I don't know where my fiance is. Like I'm worried. And I was like crying. And we ended up having like an emergency session, counseling session, just her and I, I was, we lived in a very tiny apartment. I was in the bathroom and like talking to her, like crying, like I had no idea what was going on. And then she asked for my credit card number after after the uh the chat and I was like this is the weirdest shit I've ever done and yeah I don't know and then I just remember that night like it was the first time like I'd seen him high and I knew what had happened and I like knew what was going on and it wasn't like guessing or <clears throat> whatever and it was just really weird I remember um he was like nodding off a couple of times. And then I remember like staying awake all night, like just making sure he was okay. Cause I just didn't know anything. And um, yeah, it was really awful. So because of that and a few other things like that contributed to um, my like questioning whether or not this was the right path, <laughs> you know, like this is a couple of moments like this. But that was the first real like exposure to the disease and like what it meant for us. I think of after that, a few months of <clears throat> like doing really well and being like really engaged in his like VA thing and like just being fine happened, you know? And then the next big thing that happened was I moved to Atlanta for a job and he stayed here. And <clears throat> that was that was another time when he just had a bunch of free time he was also like gainfully employed and had a lot of disposable income disposable disposable a lot of extra money to spend <laughs> and um so it was actually weird so I lived in Atlanta he came to visit me and I don't remember what happened like we were taking pictures or something but I ended up on his phone like in the photos and there was like a photo of drugs and I was like what in the world and so then I realized like oh he's been using so that was the time that was like that was rough because that was like our wedding had already been delayed I skipped some stuff man so like he 
I guess before this, our wedding had already been delayed. He had gone to, he checked himself into the psych ward at the VA because at the time, like I'm, I'm backtracking a little bit before I went to Atlanta, after the counselor bathroom session, there was something, some amount of time, he must've been using still and not able to stop. And he checked himself into the psych ward at the VA. It was like literally like in the psych ward. And like, I visited him one day and he's like, it looked like a mental patient in a, uh, a movie that you would see. It was really crazy, like the setup there. But he was like basically in this room by himself and like they had group counseling, but it wasn't addiction focused. It was just like generally mental illness. And I was just like, what in the fuck is going on? Like, what, what is happening? Um, so he did that for, uh, he was there for a few days and then kind of, I think, got back on like Suboxone or something, like got stable somehow, got out of there. And I think he had a decent amount of sobriety after that. <clears throat> but that was like a, a, a moment when I was like, yeah, we're not getting, we were supposed to get married like six months after we'd gotten engaged and we didn't. So then I go to Atlanta and I'd already delayed the marriage. I find out the wedding, the wedding's like replanned. Everything's happening I find these photos of the drugs on his phone and at this time it was like basically like just tell me you're not going to do this anymore that's because we didn't have any other solution really and at the time to me it like feel it felt like a choice it's like sometimes you don't do this and sometimes you do so just don't all the time like that's kind of how it went for a while he was yeah. on at the time so just to clarify so like back then you kind of were on this mindset of, well, it seems like he can choose when he does it and when he doesn't. So if I can get him to say to me, like commit, like I'm not going to do it, then we're probably in the clear. It won't be an issue anymore, which now a lot of years later, you obviously like think differently about it, but it just kind of shows like what your mindset was then. To be even more transparent, my mindset then was, if you love me, you won't do this. Because it was like, you're choosing that life or this life. We talked about that all the time. And I, so at the, at the core, I did feel like it was a choice and, but it was presented less like, just don't do it. And it's like, well, you don't love me if you do that. Because also we're young, we're like 24 and like, emotionally immature in general and um but yeah that's honestly what it was like like you can choose that life or you can choose this life like that's basically the conversation we had over and over he was on suboxone and things but not like active in a program not like I think he was probably on some like antidepressant and like anti-anxiety meds at that time but not really like getting proper treatment but we didn't know what proper treatment was, you know? So for us, it was like, just keep doing that. He was still smoking weed. We didn't really care about that. We were still going out like occasionally here and there. Like that was kind of just where we were. <clears throat> so we get married and I know that he's had been using on and off and it was kind of like, one of these things where he's like, I do fine when you're here. And when I have free time, I don't do fine. And I was like, all right, well, then I'm moving back home. 
And so I moved home from Atlanta, quit my job and moved back home with no job because my husband couldn't do drugs if I wasn't there. And that's that. Um, And how did that work out? So you think like, oh, if I move home, he can't use drugs, right? And did that? Yeah, I think it worked for a while, actually. So that would have been 2014. It worked for a decent amount of time, at least a good eight months, nine months, maybe. Did you feel like a sense of pressure, like where you kind of like held, like we're holding this together by like, I have to be here or I have to keep him busy or like, I don't know, some sense of responsibility, I guess, of like what you had to do in order to keep this like working. Well, it was like, yeah, not just my physical proximity, but like I had to be like a person he wanted to be with, right? Like that would be motivational to like fight for this. Um, I felt like I needed to like remove stress from our life. So whether that's like meal prepping and like not stressing about what we're going to eat for dinner or like the littlest things that would maybe cause like just irrational stress in a person who's not well you know like so I feel like I was pushing myself to be like do all of these things and like basically make a life where he didn't have to worry about things because I felt like oh that's what I can do and I did that for a long time, but probably still do to some extent. But um, yeah, I mean, like I said, it it was a temporary fix. Um, You know, I moved home. There was actual stress in that I moved home with no job and he had to figure out we lived in this really expensive apartment uh, that we couldn't afford without my job. And he had to figure out how to pay for it. And we ended up moving with my dad because we couldn't pay for it. And yeah. And so for a while, like he had this responsibility of like financially supporting us. And I think that was motivating a bit. Like that is an underlying thing with him that I didn't know until going through this, that like when he has like a real responsibility, he tends to step up most of the time. Um, it's at least a driving force in like continuing to do better, you know? Um, but yeah, so that's kind of where we were and, but it didn't really last that long because it had only been about eight months and then I didn't find out till later, but he was using on and off while we were living with my dad. Like he traveled for work and he had used a couple of times, um, while he was out of town. It's again, that thing of like not having accountability to me and like feeling like, oh, I'm free. Like, not can do what I want. And I think that mentality is what he had for a long time. And yeah, so I mean, I can't be with him all the time everywhere. So, so we had to figure that out. But yeah, so I don't know what, where do you want me to go from here? That's basically the first two years. Yeah. What was the Mm -hmm. event that led him to get into treatment at their like rehab center? Okay. So recounting this back, I'm like, man, we were have, we just like had a really unstable start to our uh, marriage. But so I came back from Atlanta, had no job, ended up doing Teach for America, was was a teacher. Um, I taught and then um, we moved out of my dad's place finally. 
Um, and then I think, okay, so we were living in a new place and then he had the same job that he had, um, but he started using again. No, okay, sorry. So we moved into this new place. We went to Mexico for our like delayed honeymoon, basically. And um, we had a great time together. It was really fun. We, that time, you know, like I said, we were drinking and smoking weed and like, it was just really fun. We had a really, really fun time. But at the same time, he was coming off of Suboxone. Suboxone. And um, when we got back, he was totally off of it. And I had no idea like what that meant or anything. And like, he just started using and it like snowballed and it was like becoming more and more apparent to me. This is like the whole time frame where he was like money was missing and like cash that I like physically had in my hand. And then it was like gone. And he was like, it blew away outside or like he, my brother lived with us for a bit and my brother was about to move out and he had bought some things for his new place. And those things were missing. And like, I mean, it's, it was Casey, but like at the time we we're like, what, what happened? Like Casey's denying it. No one really knows. Like no one has like hard evidence that he's like using in line. Everyone's just trying to give him the benefit of the doubt, but he just keeps, it keeps getting worse. So it ends in that he gets, well, no, it doesn't end there. He gets fired from his job. So he's using on the job site. He worked construction. He's using on a job site with the owner of the company's son. And so they both get fired. Um, he tells me it's because, because it's construction, you know, they're not really supposed to have, have like weed in their system either. So he tells me it's because of that. And we go out that night and go get drinks with our friends. And no idea. And um, yeah. And then after that, you know, he goes to barber school. And it just kind of came to this point where like the pieces were starting to fit, you know, it was like, there were a lot of things piling up, piling up. And then one day I get a like piece of mail that is from a pawn shop. And I don't even know why that was a thing that made it click for me because I had no idea. I didn't know anything about pawn shops or anything. I just like, it was the sign that I needed to be like, oh, this is what's happening. And I was like ready to leave. And so I text him and I was like hey I know it's been going on um it's like I'm done leaving and <clears throat> he was at working he was a, like barbering it was a Saturday he was barbering and he gets home and he like finally after months like breaks down tells me what's been going on like is finally honest and then is like basically says like if you will give me a chance like I'll get help and that was the first time like we he really like did treatment so that lands us at Fairbanks that's the summer of 2015 so right yeah mm -hmm. hmm. okay so you're on this path um so Casey um I think something that's interesting about Casey is that he he never seemed like he was a start using and he just like continues and continues it's it was always kind of like an on and off thing it seemed yeah. like that's his pattern which I think is interesting to point out um but so Casey relapses when <laughs> I guess that's what I'm getting to so I mean Casey relapsed um, um 
a handful of times. I, yeah. All kind of regularly. Okay. <laughs> like there seemed to be like a, a pattern of number of time, like time would go by, then relapse time would go by. Anyway, go on Katie. Yeah. So h- how are you dealing with that, Jessica? Cause like Shannon said, I mean, it was, it was like months in between. Mm-hmm. I mean, hell he relapsed within the first week of being in rehab. You guys went to yeah. that festival. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have a lot of expectations at the beginning. I didn't really know like how it was supposed to work. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it was also really hard for me to imagine our life differently, you know, like not having weed around or like not because I hadn't lived our life, not the way we lived our life. Like I just didn't know. And like, I was 24 and like, we just went out with friends and we went to music festivals and did a bunch of drugs. And like, that was just what we did. And it's like, that's just the way it was. And so it was just kind of hard to like, like think of us or anyone I knew living a way that wasn't like that I just didn't know what that looked like so at the beginning you know he went to Fairbanks and then we went to our music festival that we always go to and I think he well I know he had the intention of being sober during that but it was so easy to see it unraveling and I was also on board like I'll be sober with you but that's not how it turned out and honestly, at the time I was like, how would it have turned out that way? Cause again, I didn't know, like since then we've gone to that same festival and both been sober. Um, but that time, that at that point, it just didn't seem reasonable or even like something I even wanted to do at all. Like, so it's just kind of like where we were, but I actually remember getting back from that. And he obviously tested positive for things. And, <laughs> um, we had a like counseling session with Jay, who was like the family therapist. And he was asking, like, he was like, had me come in by myself and was like, do you also have a problem? Because I was at this, like, oh, I don't think I knew that. Yeah. I didn't know this either. Yeah. Because I mean, it makes sense. Like they didn't know us and we both just go to this music festival and do a bunch of drugs that we shouldn't have been doing. And it was like, well, is she part of the problem? Like, who knows? And like, I literally do drugs once a year at this place. And, <laughs> and um, yeah, so that was interesting. And that was like, when I was like, oh, this is like really serious. Like I need to be a part of the solution. I was not, my m- mentality was not there at that point. If I'm being really honest, I was like, no, it's super fun. Like we have a really great time and we dance and we like whatever. And those is like, I didn't really think of it in those terms until after that, which is interesting. Um, so yeah, uh, so the beginning, I didn't have a lot of expectations. And then as I started to learn more about recovery and like what recovery quote unquote should look like or could look like or does look like for successful people, I got more and more disappointed in Casey. And I think that caused us like a lot of strain that maybe wasn't completely necessary. I don't know. It's hard to say now, but I just like so badly, like looking back, wish that there would have been like an alternate example where it was like, you know, relapse is very normal. I think eventually I started hearing that, but I didn't at first. And so I think I was really not um kind to him or like I took it personally I think it caused a lot of problems in our marriage I think it 
honestly started to make things worse because I was like, instead of, I don't know, I was adding on to it a lot. Like, you don't want to be here. Like, this is like, you know, just the shit I was saying just wasn't very helpful um, because I had this idea of like what it should look like and it wasn't looking like that. And it was just because he wasn't trying hard enough, which is true sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but well, yeah, to be fair, I think, um, I think it's like really like big of you and like self-aware that you're pointing out like, oh, there's some areas like where I could have been better. Or maybe I didn't react in the best way. Um, I was going to say, but to be fair, like, even if you are like understanding of relapse is a thing that happens, like there were a number of like really big events that you had to go through that are kind of like traumatic, whether it's like, like I'm thinking of the time when he was in jail and you didn't know where he was or yeah, other legal things. And so I think that in those situations, no matter like how understanding of relapse you are it's kind of like impossible to like not have a big reaction or feel like really disappointed and things yeah that was later so I guess I'm still even just talking oh, about still like early on gotcha. yeah I, did, I didn't like yeah it gets old it get you know it got really old <laughs> like just the cycle and like the whatever um but at the very beginning, when we first introed into this whole recovery community and like the steps and, you know, all of the things like, yeah, I was like when he wasn't doing the things that other people were doing that were going to live, because that's the way it's like kind of presented, like you either are sober or you die. And I like didn't have any other gray area to like, <laughs> to, it was just like an anxious, like, oh, this is he's going to die. My husband's going to die. And it made every single relapse, not that every single relapse isn't a big deal, but I was reacting like, you're going to die. Like, but that's not what happened this time. Thank God. But it, and instead of like not minimizing, but just like, I don't know, I was just really hitting it home that like, you're a fuck up, you know? And I was doing that a lot. And that was bad for both of us. Later down the road, when it's like, he's relapsed a bunch and I'm like, okay, he's still trying. Like, okay. I started to focus less on perfection and more like positive progress. Um, then, yeah, I mean, you get longer stints of sobriety. I think there was a point of like six months and eight months and these types of things. And then a relapse happens. It gets harder. Um, it's less hard, honestly, when it's happening more frequently. Um, you're just kind of like, okay, this is the zone we're in. And that's kind of the mentality you're in. But when you have sustained amount of sobriety and you think things are great and you have no sign of like why things aren't, that things aren't going well. And then it happens. It's like, that's a lot harder, which is what happened. I'm pretty sure. Well, sort of. So one of the times you're talking about is like, I think he had had a sustained sobriety through the year. We get to the holidays he starts to relapse. I notice or something happens to where, cause he was like in a halfway house um, at the time he disappeared. So he was in a halfway house. And so there had something that had to have happened where he was like, I need extra help. And that was his de decision to go there. But 
I don't know. He ended up getting kicked out. It was not helping. He was still using. So he get, ended up getting kicked out and went on like a bad, like he did a lot of stuff and got like, like drink alcohol, which he never does. And, you know, like basically was kind of suicidal and um, was missing and uh, in the hospital for a while and then in jail. Um, so yeah, that stuff is obviously very hard, but I think we had a lot of the, like the less severe stuff, which is just like using every eight weeks, which happened for a while. And that's like really annoying. And there's no, like, I don't know. That was very annoying, but I don't know if I answered your question. Yeah. So, uh, I guess kind of in hindsight, people would ask, why would you stay with somebody who keeps relapsing mm. I think you have a good I like your answer for this do you I, oh I don't know if I was about to say my answer <laughs> um well the first answer that comes to mind today is like I just wasn't in a good place myself there's part of me that was like very codependent in this relationship so you asked me that at different stages of this like before we went to Fairbanks I didn't think I could be with another person. I was like, I didn't feel good about myself. Like it was a very codependent situation. Everything that was happening, I was taking personally. Um, I was sort of isolated from my friends and my family. There was no chance I was leaving him because he was all I had, even though it was shit. Um, but then there gets to be a point when I'm like healthier and I'm consciously making the decision to stay with him. And the answer for me has always been that like, as long as he's trying, as long as he's fighting his disease, as long as he's doing what he can and like, not just bullshitting me, but like actually trying and growing and changing and like progressing in some way, like then I'm all on his team. But the moment that it's like, I'm just being manipulated and lied to and like my life is just too complicated because he's fucking in it, then it changes. And, um, you know, there have been some times when that's been the case and he's had to go and live in halfway houses. That's happened a few times. And, um, yeah, so, I mean, I don't know, I kind of view it as, I think there was a night when he was in jail. It was not the time you're talking about Shannon, but it's a different time. Um, when he was in jail and Katie, were you at my house, like my apartment, my tiny apartment? And yes. Yeah. Yep. Same time. I don't remember. It was no, like- I can't. You called me and it said it was the very beginning. And you're like, I think something's up. I'm really nervous. Can you come over? And I was driving from Muncie to my house because I was at that traveling job. So I yeah. already had my bags packed so I could stay over at your house. Yeah. This is before we all had kids and everything. <laughs> then, um, so yeah. Okay. That was the first time like he went to jail because of this and that was shortly after we'd started going to Fairbanks but I remember being so mad we had gotten into this huge fight and I had a contract he broke the contract we fought I like literally chased him to like get drugs and like flush them meant nothing um it was bad we had like not like a physical altercation or anything but like we were not it was not a positive (laughs) encounter it was very like confrontational and emotional he left I basically told him like you need to leave at that point it was like I feel like we're probably getting a divorce I don't know and um he just is not like he's 
responding to me sort of, but like not really. Um, he ends up staying with a person he met on Reddit in his basement and like they're doing meth and he doesn't even do meth. And I'm like, what is happening? And then, so I just have, I can't recognize this person. And so I like meet him in a park, like a grocery store parking lot to get the keys to our place because I'm like, I don't even know who you are. Like, I have no idea. Like, I can't predict what this person's going to do. I've never seen this before. But at that point, he was just like very defeated with recovery and didn't think he could do it. And he was like committing to the drug life. You know how we've talked about like, pick this life or pick that life. Well, he picked the other life and that lasted about five days. Um, But I remember being so upset and like, that night you were asking me some, maybe you asked me, or I remember talking about it that night and you're like, why are you, are you even considering being with him or whatever? And it was like, in that moment, I was really just thinking of him as like a very ill person that I cared about, you know, it was like, I wasn't thinking of him as like my husband or my spouse. It was like, like almost like this is my brother who's really mentally ill and I don't need to be like directly around it but like I'm obviously super concerned about I just kind of removed the emotional stuff from it and like just realized that that was 100% his disease and not really him or like really what he thought he just was like felt helpless and went with it and ended up in jail and um that was the best feeling like knowing he was in jail and like not in some weirdo's basement also he was like on tinder and i don't know if you... i remember that he was like self-sabotaging really bad he was on tinder and like my friend saw him and i was like what is going on but yeah that there have been a few times like that yeah so you've told us about some of the times where it's you you were close to like, oh, okay, things are maybe ending or there's been a lot of like chaotic, wild stories that you've shared. Mm-hmm. Is there a, 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 like a shift? Like, is there like a, a certain point in time that you are like, oh, that's where I feel like things shifted. And it's kind of like the, there was the before this moment when it was like relapse, 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 bunch of crazy things. And then since then it's been like more stable. And can you identify like when that would have been? That's really hard. I think I could probably say it was the second time he was missing. There were stints in there um, where he would have a, like, I mean, seven, eight months sobriety was pretty common. Um, but the second time he went missing, we had bought a house. We had like started talking about, he was getting longer, like bouts of recovery. And it was like less chaotic. Like a relapse was more like this one time. And, you know, it started to do that where it was like, I relapsed, but I'm back, you know, and it was sort of bouncing back like that. Um, but the winters have always been a thing, like an issue. And I know that there had been a sustained amount of sobriety. We had bought a house. We lived, we were like, you know, trying to move forward in our relationship and just like with life. And he relapsed like in the holidays and then like went missing. And um, now it's kind of blurred, but I think that was the one that was like, 
after that point, he moved in. I didn't let him come home. And um, he moved in to a halfway house for a long time, like five months or something. And I think that was really the point where it was like he um, I, he was like really putting in the time. And he's like had tried over and over again to do it his way. And it hadn't worked. And I was about to leave. And, you know, we were also like experiencing more positive time together and like having our relationship was really good. And, you know, life was really good outside of this. And I think that that was like when it started to turn. Um, and then I think the second event was like me getting pregnant, which was like six months after he came home from that halfway house, which is wild to think about, but yeah. I think maybe Jessica tying it up. How did you make the decision to have a child with this man who, um, is in, recovery slash addiction Mm -hmm. um it's not like as uh cool as you might want it to be but it was basically like I'm getting older (laughs) it's like kind of like a biological thing a little bit you know it's like we knew we wanted a family um got to a point where I was like you know I kept I stopped waiting for everything to be perfect and just realized that like no one's life is perfect ever it really sucks that our imperfect thing could kill my husband um but it like that's our reality so I think one coming to the like this is this is the reality um even if he had five years sobriety and he could still relapse I mean it was still like I didn't really know what I was waiting for like what number would make me feel safe and the answer is no number would make me feel safe ever and so I stopped looking for like time clean and started looking at like what is he doing what is he saying what are his actions like how is he showing up for me and our family and he was like consistently showing up for me and it was like okay well then it's like I thought through like what what, are we just going to keep waiting (laughs) like we're going to start this and so then it was just like well I um you know I could take care of a kid on my own I don't want to but I know I could um and it was like okay well I'm gonna everything's a chance you know getting married is a chance to anyone to someone healthy to someone not I mean so it's just like I just took the chance and just decided to stop like thinking about it and just did it we got pregnant instantly, which I wasn't mentally ready for. And, um, I regretted it for a long time. And like, even pregnant, I was like, this is not what I should have done. Um, but it's turned out to be really good. I mean, it's, it, it could have turned out a lot of ways and it still can go different ways, but it ended up being really positive for us. And, just fills our life like not that kids fix stuff but like it just helps us like want to be better people and I think that plays into him as well like I think naturally when you're a parent first become a parent you're like I just want to show my kid better there's like this weird desire to like be a better person for your kid and to do better for your kid and provide for them and I think all of those motivations kind of feed into it a little bit but I mean, there still have been relapses as we've talked about, not nearly as many, but it happens. And it's something that we're working through. But I think the biggest thing is just like accepting. I just stopped wishing he was someone he wasn't and just accepted him for who he is. And 
decided, do I want to deal with this or not? And then we just go from there. We just deal as things come up. So that's the very unglamorous answer. No, I think that was a good answer. And I think something that I always um, really admired when you were going through all of that, because there were quite a few relapses and it was like, Jesus Christ, Jessica, like you're successful, you're beautiful, like all these wonderful things. And it's like, he just doesn't stop. And I think, you know, the thing that you, like I said, that I always admired about you, it's like, okay, well, if he had cancer, I wouldn't leave him. And I'm like, all right, fine. And then you're like, okay, well, he, he came up with this plan and he, he's going to go to three meetings a week instead of two. And like Casey would always just do like one more thing. Like he added just one thing and you're like, okay, if it's a step in the right direction, I will stay. And it was like, okay, he added a lot of steps. <laughs> He's a C student. He just does exactly what he needs to do to get by. Like, yeah. yeah, but, but I think, you know, I think that it's easy to be like, oh, you need 90, 90 or whatever. But at the end of the day, you're changing a, a person's entire being, the, the way they think, the way that they Yes. handle stress the way that they handle trauma and that doesn't happen quickly for some people some people it's like they get to recover they get to rehab and they're like I'm totally done but some people are like this is working for me and that was kind of Casey and so I think it took a lot to like for him to realize that it's really not working for him and it just got worse before it got better but over time, every single time he recommitted, he was starting as a different person than he did the first time. And yeah. when I realized that, it's like, we're not always starting at zero with a relapse. Actually, you're never starting at zero with a relapse. You n- always know more than the last time. Um, so I don't know, that that kind of mentality is helpful too. It doesn't take away like the sadness and like the worry and the stress and all of that, but it just helps a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Well, for the person who is uncomfortable sharing, thank you for speaking for 90% of this. <laughs> Much appreciated. Um, okay. Well, everyone, thank you for, um, uh, listening today, uh, share, show Jessica some love, leave some comments on our Instagram or send us some DMS if you can relate and keep coming back. Thanks for spending time with us. We hope this story has helped you better navigate yours. Don't forget to subscribe so we can meet you here next time. If you enjoyed this episode, spread the love by rating or reviewing. Need more support? Join our online community by visiting us at boyproblemspod.com. Whatever you do, keep coming back. We're not licensed professionals. We're here to share our lived experience. So take what resonates and leave what doesn't.